The following episode of Vegan Radio originally aired on December 3rd, 2009. Mercury-free vaccines are available, but I know you have to ask for them. Demand only mercury-free vaccines, especially if you're pregnant or have a small child. This ad brought to you by MomsAgainstMercury.org. NoMercury.org. Friends and parents of children injured by mercury and vaccines. And while you're at it, quit eating that fish because it's full of mercury. Wow. You crazy people. it's time for your favorite show on why you should not be eating fish that's right kids vegan radio oh yeah you love us we love us everybody love us everybody love us vegan radio yeah fish it's not not a good way to avoid mercury fish is not a good dish you remember (laughs) that just dish the fish <clears throat> so today on our show, we have uh, Anna Forkin from Revite, Revite Alive Health and Wellness in Newburyport, Mass. And uh, we like to call her Forkin A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been waiting all day to say that. <laughs> well, if nothing else, the three of us can laugh. <laughs> While everybody else curses our name. And uh, Scott also has some news stories for us. Uh, speaking of fish. Um, That's right. Maybe. Bring it down, Scott. Maybe. Bring it down. We'll see. The uh, The White House a week or two ago had a, uh, quote, all vegetarian dinner, unquote, for Indian Prime Minister. Right. Singh. Quotes are important. And, uh, Those are scare quotes. Featured in this all vegetarian dinner was... Green curry prawns, right? Not vegan. Right, those prawns are, those and are sh- bugs, not ve- not not vegetables. <laughs> prawns and uh, prawns and shrimp are one of the main reasons that um, one of the things that they use to when they catch them, they use these giant mile long nets and drag the bottom of the ocean and kill lots of other sea life while they're at it. Yeah, what you call killing, I call leaving room for the urchins. Yeah. We must make more room for the urchins. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and let's ponder on that. Until thought. you've had an urchin, you just don't know. <laughs> Urchman? Ur- urchin. Urchin. You know, they're those little round things look like pincushions. I like gherkins. Yeah? Well, you might like a velastic urchin, because <laughs> pretty soon that's going to be the only thing you're going to get at the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> From the seafood aisle. I don't know. Now they've got all these like farmed fish. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, the farm fish. That's another catastrophe. It's like a factory farm in the water. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, except they're swimming around in their own filth instead of uh, just being drug around in it. Yeah, mm. it's rather sad. There's a there's a lot about the um, overfishing of our oceans in the new uh, Jonathan Saffron Four Eating Animals book. Star of the day. He's going to have a Nobel Peace Prize by the end of this year. (laughs) Well, if Barack Obama can do it, anyone can, right? What did he do? Got a Nobel Peace Prize. Did he actually go all the way there to get it? I don't know. Or did they just bring it to him while he was napping? They sent one of the faux Obamas to pick it up for him. You know, his his approval rate is down below 50% around now. Faux Obama. Is it really? Yeah, but I don't know why. Really? I don't know why. Huh. It's because of my mom. She hates him. <laughs> oh. It's because of those Christians. Uh, They're after him. 
Yeah, he's he doesn't have a birth certificate. He wants to turn us into a socialist nation. <laughs> and uh, I think Sa- I wish that was I think true. Satan sent him here or something. I don't know about all that. I'd look at who's saying those sorts of things. They might be connected somehow to the the wealthy, rich oil executives and elite. Uh, I wish my mom was connected to those people because I would have money. Ah, uh, yes, wouldn't we all? And then we could have dinner. <laughs> and we, we'd be like broadcasting this from my bedroom, my radio tower. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'd want to have those radio waves that close to you. Well, you just uh, you send a signal somewhere else to a radio tower. Oh, I see. Near some like poor community somewhere. Exactly. That's exactly how you would take care of that situation actually the this uh building that we're in does not have the radio tower we stream sweet we stream the uh signal out of here and it goes somewhere else some guy in, around here has a radio tower on top of his house or something mm-hmm. that's the truth but i don't think it's the same kind of thing as like the cell phone towers i don't know if it's no those are microwaves it's a little different uh. yeah i'm pretty sure this is like a convent f- convection oven <laughs> being slowly burned. Yeah, I think we're instead being, of quickly. We're being basted in <laughs> in your charm right now. <laughs> so what else you got for us, Scotty? Well, Paul McCartney spoke before the uh, European Parliament on Thursday. What did he say? Did you know the Euro- that Europe has a parliament now? I did not know that. That's right. Europe, used, you know how people used to think Europe is a country. Mm-hmm. You know when <laughs> when Jay Jay Leno would go jaywalking, people would be like, "Europe is my favorite country." <laughs> well, it almost is a country now. It's got its own parliament. Well, anyway, uh, Thursday he told uh, Paul McCartney went up to uh, talk about uh, how the world needs to change its eating habits to stop global warming, and he said, uh, "This isn't just me, a, bi- a vegetarian and bass player banging on. It was a United <laughs> Nations report." Livestock's long shadow that got me interested. You're uh, not doing your English accent. No, I, I don't. I don't do that anymore <laughs> because uh, English people get offended when I do my English really? accent. Really? Did, did Claire, Claire give you a hard time? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, she, you know. But you, you she just likes to take the I haven't even posted most of those she shows yet. I don't know what she's listening to. She just likes to take the pee out of me anytime she can. <laughs> uh, since there's been many more studies, and I personally think there's an urgent need to do something <laughs> the livestock industry produces more greenhouse gases than all forms of transport cars planes trucking put together we thought cars were the villain of this piece but it appears livestock produces more not to mention deforestation for grazing or for growing animal feed one third of cereal crops are grown for animals yeah did you know that yes animals eat cereal they do <laughs> they eat the cereals with soy milk <laughs> um, they probably do. I'm sure. Well, there's a lot of soy in them that they're feeding. There them you now. go. And uh, actually, here in this country, it's uh, something like 70 percent goes to livestock and fuel combined, like you know, ethanol. Uh, McCartney also read a statement from former U.S. Vice President Al Gore that said, "Meatless Mondays <laughs> is a responsible and welcome component to a strategy for reducing global pollution." He told Parliament Magazine. Parliament magazine? Now there's a, a magazine? Now there's a Parliament magazine? Yep, pretty soon it's Europe is going to be not only a country, but a magazine. <laughs> that his late wife, Linda McCartney, remains a big inspiration in his vegetarian campaign. Yes, there is no doubt that she played and continues to play a big part in it all. We were in it together from the start, and I've continued the work, the magazine quoted him. She was and remains a great inspiration in the work I am trying to do now in promoting my campaign to encourage people to eat less meat. Ooh. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, here's an eyewitness report. I saw Paul today in the parliament. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was the eyewitness. <laughs> no, that's not the whole thing. He arrived at the hemicycle at around 12 o'clock, then started his speech and left the building at 1310 with a bit of chaos. Too much chaos. I couldn't ask for an autograph. Anyway, Paul looked tired. White in his face, no smile. He, he needs sp- more protein. Oh, uh, I don't know. He looks all right to me, you know, for a man of his, of his advanced Isn't years. Isn't he like 70? Well, he was 64. <laughs> That's all I know. And uh, somebody left yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the people stood up and applauded Paul when he arrived, showing their respect. A lot of people came, in fact, to see and photograph Paul instead of listening to what he had had to say. As I was, although I'm afraid of that upwarming of the world. So hereby, <laughs> I sent two of my best picks. <laughs> Thanks, Ralph in Brussels. Thanks, Ralph, for that eyewitness report. Back to you, Derek. Send us some Brussels sprouts, Ralph. Hey, well, speaking of McCartney's, did you know that uh, Stella McCartney is partnering with Leona Lewis on a new line of animal-friendly clothing? I don't even know who Leona Lewis is. I don't either, but we've got confirmation from the cruelty-free designer that the rocker Morrissey and her are launching a new vegan shoe collection. Huh. Rock on. Rock on. Right on. And in the news of longevity, <laughs> yes, from, uh, from Examiner, we have uh, this story. Researchers at the Institute of Healthy Aging at the University College London have found that, quote, getting the correct balance of proteins in our diet may be more important for healthy aging than reducing calories. The study reports that reducing the consumption of certain protein, and more specifically of a particular amino acid called methionine, found in meat, fish, and certain nuts, could slow the aging process and increase life expectancy. The Telegraph reports that Dr. Matthew Piper from the Institute of Healthy Aging at the University College London said that a vegetarian diet could be one way to achieve the effect. Additionally, researchers disproved a long-time theory that extremely low-calorie diets could lead to a longer lifespan. Hmm. Hmm. And back to our celebrity (laughs) roundup. Martha Stewart has proved once again why she's a pioneer in the kitchen. She uh, <laughs> and also in prison, right? I mean, <laughs> come on. She had um, a uh, Thanksgiving special without meat. Martha Stewart, really yeah. surprised. And she took the opportunity to educate her audience on the factory farming industry with help from author Jonathan Safran Foer. No way, really star of the moment. Yes. There you go. Fowler said, I couldn't possibly have been more impressed by how Martha handled things. Oh, yeah. He told vegan.com. How'd vegan.com get him? And then she made a (laughs) lovely handbag out of a tomato. (laughs) (laughs) How does she do it? Oh, and if you want to see that, you can go to the uh, Martha Stewart website. I don't know if it was vegan, though. When did she get out of jail? (laughs) (laughs) She's been out for a while. No, those white people don't stay in very long. I know, it's so true. Yeah, that yeah, Leona Helmsley. She was there for like seventeen years or something, wasn't she? <laughs> really? I don't know. Who is she? <laughs> Who is she indeed? <laughs> so here we have a new uh, story from the agricultural press, AgWeb, and uh, AgWeb is one of those uh, sites that promotes the uh, interests of farmers. You know, your friendly farm folk, who, um, as we all know, are you know generally small. Uh, independent folk who have, you know, raised vegetables and animals their whole lives and keep to that sort of small town kind of down-home life. 
out in the country. And, uh, anyway, uh, this particular site has nothing to do with any co- anything that would be connected to a larger agricultural industry. And I, I'm saying that because I don't want you to think that, you know, they're they're in any way a, sh- a shilling for something that which would be like a large business enterprise. When in fact they're really just trying to you know get down with the common folk. Uh, but anyway, this is an editorial by a fellow by the name of Steve Cornett, and uh, the name of his blog is Out to Pasture, <laughs> which I think is a great name for this blog. Uh, and the editorial is a vegan or a pothead. <laughs> what? A vegan or a pothead. <laughs> At least two members of the cultural elite seem to be noticing some of the same things I've noticed about the anti-meat crowd. The (laughs) no-meat message is going stale. It's rare enough to see any celebrity throwing thorns rather than roses at the animal rights movement that it seems worthy of mention. The very popular singer-songwriter Nora Jones' latest album includes a ditty in which she purrs that she would rather hang out with her dog than, quote, a vegan or a pothead, partially because the dog eats meat. You wow. Can, you can hear you, the Nora. song on YouTube, folks. Go out there. Uh, come on. Nora is uh, wise beyond her years. <laughs> what a fresh approach in a world in which so many entertainers, most with far less talent than Miss Jones, <laughs> like to proselytize their meatless ways. They do it for the same reason they pierce and tattoo their body parts. <laughs> it's trendy. Or at Whoa. least it has been. Could some of the trendsetters be tiring of the shrillness? Not to suggest any sea change in attitudes among the cultural elite... But none is more elite culturally than Ms. Jones. You can't follow your wife into a nice department store without hearing her, Ms. Jones, not your wife, on the PA system. Well, that's, how I, that's how I find all the best music. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and there was also last week, click here to read, the bemused tone of New York Times book reviewer Michiko Kataku, Kaku, Kakutani. <laughs> Michiko Kakutani's take, we can edit that, uh, take on jo- Jonathan Safran Foer's recently published Eating Animals. Ms. Kakutani calls his effort an earnest, if clumsy, chronicle of the author's own evolving thinking about animals and vegetarianism. He likes the word clumsy. This uneven volume, she says, meanders all over the place, mixing reportage and research with stream-of-consciousness musings and asides. Uh, (laughs) Sounds like us. Yes. (laughs) Well, we've all read On the Road, and it's kind of like that, too. Uh, That is not exactly what an author hopes the Times Review will say. Anticipating reader objections, opines Miss Kakutani, somewhat uncharitably, Mr. Foer writes that people might say that social justice movements have nothing to do with the situation on the factory farm, that human oppression is not animal abuse. But he adds that in his view, we interpret the legacies of Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King uh, Jr. and Cesar Chavez too narrowly if we assume in advance that they cannot speak against the oppression of the factory farm. It's arguments like this that undermine the many more valid observations in this book and make readers wonder how the author can expend so much energy and caring on the fate of pigs and chickens when, say, malaria kills nearly a million people a year, most of them children, and conflict and disease in Congo since the mid-90s have left an estimated five million dead and hundreds of thousands of women and girls raped and have driven more than a million people from their homes. Goodness. Well, well, uh, Mr. Foer said right in the book that... um just because there's all these other horrible things going on doesn't mean you can't eat a vegan diet and uh, <clears throat> not contribute to factory farming. Well, this edit- editor Oriel only read the review; he didn't read the editor Oriel. Oh, so that was the that was the blogger, not the New York Times. Critic. No, that's the New York Times critic. He's quoting from her because he likes it. Goodness, common sense rears its uncommon head. He says, "Thanks, ladies. It helps us remember that not all the people in New York have lost their <laughs> sense of proportion." So I guess the cultural elite in New Yorkers, uh, apparently to every single farmer or person in the agriculture industry, is apparently uh, is synonymous with evil. 
Um, <laughs> but I, the reason I brought this up is because there's just such a great amount of wonderful replies to because they left the comment section open, and I wanted to uh, sample some of these replies oh. if I might. We're getting pretty racy here. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, vegans are heroes uh, replies. Uh, and for sound criteria used, or maybe there might be, yes, okay, here we go. Just I was looking for one piece, but it's, it's sort of chopped up in two. Uh, he says, and for sound criteria used to, d- used to draw the irrefutable moral conclusion regarding killing and harming animals, this is from a philosophy professor at another forum on this topic. I have an argument against eating meat. I start with an assumption about right and wrong that most people agree with when they think about it. Then I add a bit of explanation and some simple facts before drawing the obvious conclusion, and here it is. One, it is wrong to unnecessarily cause suffering and death. Two, suffering and death are unnecessarily caused when we could live just as well without causing them. Three, eating meat causes suffering and death. Four, we could live just as well without eating meat. Five, therefore, eating meat unnecessarily causes suffering and death. And six, therefore, eating meat is wrong. Very succinct. That's uh, from uh, Vegans Are Heroes. And uh, (laughs) let's see, then we have this one from... uh, I wonder which philosopher that is. (laughs) 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 Let's see. Uh... Let's see now here. We got, how about uh, every time you want some milk, you murder the blanking baby cow. Murder your own animals uh, every time if it doesn't bother you. You can't deny the environmental waste. And health care in this country is terrible while everyone is getting sick from eating these animals. If you have a squash, do you want to put it inside a chicken and then eat it? And then, <laughs> and then children starve because they could be eating the grain. Well, you know, these are, these are blog replies. Um <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh, Proud Vegan. You should stick to the ones that don't make us sound shrill, Scotty. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'll, let's see. Here's one from uh, someone who calls himself Vegan Radio Host. No. <laughs> so many smart commenters here. Bravo. I chose to be vegan for two huge reasons. First, my father and his father both died of heart attacks in their mid-50s and both ate too much animal fat. Health is one reason to cut way down on meat consumption. The second reason was that I came to see other animals besides humans as having the same kinds of emotions and the same right to dignity that we reserve only for well, other uh, well-dressed, button-down, respectable, bespectacled folks. <laughs> Respectacles. Respectable, bespectacled folks. It's really hard to say. <laughs> I can no longer take part in the violent coercion of other species. I want each meal to be violence-free, a prayer, an act of kindness. Factory farms and feedlots are abhorrent places, death camps for profit, no matter what the treatment of the inmates which we see again and again, is often cruel. I hope this is being read in the civil tone in which I am writing it. No stridency here. Oops, I meant, I should have said shrillness. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, he should have said shrillness. Uh, just a raft of sound reasons to boycott oppressive and wasteful institutions. The reward is great. Health, clarity, and a foundation of peace. So there you go. Uh, wow, that was nice, Scott. Uh, <laughs> Who was that masked vegan? Hey, well, while I'm thinking of it, I just... Oh, do you got some more? Well, we have vegan potheads reply. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, is is I, that you too? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm too broke I'm to be kidding. a vegan pothead. In fact, I'm almost too broke to be a vegan. <laughs> I might have to switch back to like processed McDonald's foods. is cheaper than vegetables. <laughs> People aren't allowed to step foot on today's factory farms where we get 97% of our animals from. I wonder why that is. Veganism is not a fad. It's the future. Love it. Embrace it. Read about it before talking out of your ass. I think you'll find it very difficult not to agree with veganism once you've opened your mind and put aside your prejudices and conveniences. Think outside yourselves, folks. <laughs> folks. Take a toke. <laughs> folks. Yep. I don't know what this is about, Go Nora Jones, but... 
<laughs> people don't go vegan because it's trendy. They go vegan because they don't want to participate in the suffering and useless killing of other beings. That comes from Kristen. So you see, these are this is good that the the agricultural press is one sort of presuming to uh, have a particular cultural bias or whatever, and then uh, second of all, that they open up their comment sections to everybody to sort of you know share in their opinions. Although I have a feeling they probably won't keep that open for very long. <laughs> but that's from AgWeb, and uh, if you want to participate in AgWeb's blogging, it's agweb.com. So I just wanted to mention that. Um the January 2010 issue of Vegetarian Times has a little plug for vegan radio in it. Who? Really? Vegetarian Times. Who are they plugging? Vegan <laughs> radio? <laughs> cool. I just like to hear you say that. And they mentioned Me- Megan Shackelford by name. No, they did not. Yeah, they said. Finally, some recognition around yep, this they joint. Didn't, they didn't mention Mayor Scott at <laughs> all. <laughs> they said, Northampton is nice. We like it a lot. It's even better with Megan Shackelford. <laughs> Scotty. Oh. <laughs> They said something about your vegan baking or something. Really? Yeah. Cool. I can't wait to see it. Well, after I was... Well, I sent I sent out an email, but I... After I, I was cut out of the theme song, I feel like some kind of recognition would be nice. You know? <laughs> I think you're in there. I think you're in there. <laughs> At the end. You have to listen very carefully. Here's a regular... <laughs> Are you there, Megan? I think that's what they say. Are you there, Megan? <laughs> oh... We usually, we usually talk over the the rest of it, so you should be happy. Uh huh. That's right. Nobody knows we're in there. Oh, here's here's one last uh, another news story. I don't know if it's the last, but uh, the the Sea Shepherd update. There, uh, I guess the last year the Japanese whaling fleet um, had a long range acoustic device designed to disorient and keep the Sea Shepherd at bay. <laughs> it sounded like a high pitched shrill, similar to that of a smoke detector. Mm hmm. And, uh, or a liberal, <laughs> or a vegan pothead. Right. Yeah, that's. The, I think they had a vegan pothead tied up to a PA system or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but the, you know that new stealth boat that the Sea Shepherd has now that we've been talking about. <clears throat> um, they're gonna have a. Uh, they're gonna have a sound system on that blaring the song, Tangaroa. From New Zealand musician Tiki Tan. It's a spooky dark song. It's got a sort of ethereal Maori chant going on it, and I don't think they'll like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of mind games. We're not down there to make friends with them. We're down there to intimidate them and disrupt them and see what we can do to make life difficult. According to Andy Gill, captain of the new Sea Shepherd stealth boat. Wait, nope. According to Pete Bethune. Oh, captain of the new Sea Shepherd, <clears throat> Susie. Sells, Say that seven times. Susie, Susie, Susie sells, sells Sea Shepherds <laughs> on a stealth boat named Andy Gill. <laughs> <laughs> so the the boat is Andy Gill, and the captain is Pete Bethune or Bethune. Bethune. We're gonna go with Bethune. Bethune. Um, excellent. Well, that's cool. You know, I, in a way, I'm a little sad because you know these guys probably don't go into whaling because it's what they always dreamed of doing as children. Or that you know they yeah. think to themselves, "This is what I want to do with my life. I've always wanted to be a whaler and harpoon big animals." Um, they, you know, so it's a little sad that they get caught in the crossfire. Yeah, that I agree. That's but hard. you know how it is. People get into a job, and the next thing you know, they're like, they're one with it. Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta you gotta try to shut them down. That's right. The whales 
uh, didn't get into the ocean because they wanted to get harpooned. No, that's for sure. They just wanted a little bath. <laughs> <laughs> any more news? Um, I don't have any particular news. Oh, I heard that, uh, however, that the Cove won a uh, an award from, um, oh, who was it now? Uh, I want to say the cri- the film critics. Yes. <laughs> the fil- film critics. <laughs> the film critics. The you know film critics. Siskel and Ebert. The from from film critics. No, uh, it, it you know. won the audience award at IDFA. That's it. What's IDFA? I have no In- idea. Inter- international documentary. F- Independent documentary. Um, IDFA. IDFA. We don't know. Did either of you see The Cove? No. Not yet. It's supposed to be out on DVD soon, though. I really would like to, uh, except I'm a little worried because I know it's going to disturb me and make me sad. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's (coughs) tough. We we watch so many uh, of that kind of movies as as vegans. We see so much stuff that most people turn their eyes from. And then after a while, we turn our eyes, and then some vegans turn their eyes and kind of put it out of their minds, and then they backslide into non-vegans. Yeah, well, you got to remember, <coughs> keep it. Always keep it in mind. I know it's hard to watch, but it's it's part of uh, part of remembering. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that Jonathan Safran Forer says in his book is that uh, you know there's a lot of conscious forgetting that we do in order to eat meat. Yeah, <coughs> it's uh, it's very true. I've certainly become more aware of that since giving it up. You know, just the all the things we ha- have to kind of do. It's like you know. I used to smoke too. Did you know that? Cigarettes. That's right. Cigarettes. <laughs> wow. I know for a uh, good six years. Really? Oh yeah. Uh, I was into the you know the rollies. Wow. Yeah, Dutch tobacco, baby. Huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you know there was a certain definitely I was I felt like after a while it did really feel like I was practicing denial, <laughs> <laughs> like the quintessence of denial. Uh, oh, I did find another story. I f- forgot to write down who it's from, but it's about um, East Hamptoners who. Uh, took a vegan challenge or at least a yes, east hampton massachusetts no no east hampton new york oh i was like wow yep. cool so this was uh this is a rather long story um and i want to say it's from the new york times but uh it's basically uh for seven weeks 65 east hampton residents uh and the reporter by the name of jennifer landis uh gave up meat dairy fish and eggs to improve their health lose weight and just feel better in general And she says the results were not only positive, but will serve as a model for the introduction of a similar program to be run in Whole Foods stores around the country on a quarterly basis. All right. Yeah. Whole Foods, go. positive. Quarterly. Go. Um, (laughs) The center, uh, let's see now, which center was it? Well, the center, whoever it was, (laughs) used Rip Esselstein's Engine 2 diet as its model. Ah. Are you familiar with that? Mm-mm. Yeah, I was trying to get those guys on the show, but they uh, kind of s- fell apart. Well, they'll get back to you. Mr. <laughs> Esselstein, who is a firefighter and former triathlete who lives in Austin, Texas, put his own firehouse crew on a low-fat vegan diet a few years ago. Uh, and uh, I remember seeing the video, and I think we might have posted it. Now they have a book. Uh, the results among these largely meat-eating Texans were dramatic weight loss and significant drops in cholesterol levels. And he has since broadened the program to residents of Austin. Uh, East Hampton is the first place outside of Austin that's participated in such a structured program. Uh, the diet was modeled after the research of his father, Dr. Carl Esselstein Jr., an endocrine surgeon at the Cleveland C- Clinic, who put his patients on a low-fat, 
whole grain vegetarian diet to reverse their heart disease and wrote his own books detailing the plan. Even Alzheimer's disease has been connected to a high-fat diet and sedentary lifestyle in several studies uh, cited in the Engine 2 Diet book. Yep. From the traditional arguments of the cruelty and brutality of mass-market meat production to new reports on the health and environmental impacts of a meat-based diet, it appears that a drive for eating mostly or all plants is becoming more and more mainstream. In New York City, Le Pan Quotidien, a popular <laughs> chain bakery and cafe, has introduced vegan options. And Candle Cafe and its upmarket sister restaurant, Candle 79, <laughs> are packed with m- people seeking out their solely vegetarian fare. Uh, in 2006, the UN uh, Food and Agriculture Organization issued their report stating the current levels of meat production contribute 14 to 22% of the greenhouse gases emitted each year, more than transportation. Michael Pollan, uh, the author of The Botany of Desire and In Defense of Food and uh, The Omnivore's Desire, uh, was that Dilemma? Um, yep, he appeared in the documentary Food, Inc., about the food industry, noted an opinion piece in the New York Times in September that obesity and illness related to overeating junk food accounted for as much as 30% of the increase in health care spending over the last two decades. Decades. Okay. How about that? Yeah. Oh. So there's <laughs> a... Lots going on. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, well, it's uh, time for our station ID here. Um, you're listening to WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, Valley Free Radio. And uh, <clears throat> this is Vegan Radio, where you can check us out at veganradio.com. We uh, turn all our shows into podcasts, so if you want to hear some of our back shows, veganradio.com, or you can go to the iTunes Music Store or other podcasting podcast sources. Um, and up next, we're going to have... Anna Forkin from the Revitalive Health and Wellness Center in Newburyport, Mass. We're going to take a little break to get Anna on the phone. And in the meantime, we're going to play one of the performers that was at a former vegan diner. Her name is Tina Collins, and this song is called Journey Onward from her album Back to the Country, which is spelled without an O. Thank you. 
Collins. It's always room for cello. Mm-hmm. Veggie performer. Plugged in cello. And uh, so you're listening to WXOJLP Northampton 103.3 FM on the Pacifica Radio Network. This is Vegan Radio, and uh, we are live with Anna Forkin. Are you there? Yes. Hello. Hi. Can you hear us? You guys sound really far away, but <laughs> oh, we can no. hear you. We're we're kind of far away, <laughs> a couple hours. Just a few hours, not too bad. <laughs> we're going to talk loud, Anna. Well, All right, thank you. Megan always talks <laughs> loud. It's easy for me. That's not the problem. That's right. We'll <laughs> just pass our questions to Megan, and she will ask them. Uh, so um, you have this, how long have you had this Revitalive Health and Wellness? Um, it's about 19 months. You're brand new. Fairly new, yeah. Kristen's on the line, too. Oh, we have two people. Hi there. Kristen, Hi, Kristen. What's your last name? My last name's Overlock. Overlock. So, and you guys, are you the two f- founders? Yep, indeed. And is there a big vegan, vegetarian community in Newburyport? It's definitely growing, that's for sure. Oh, so Kristen, I see you're a, a colon hydrotherapist. I sure am. A r- raw and living foods lifestyle educator and a certified Reiki master. That's correct. And uh, Anna, you're an engineer? Yep, I, was an, I still am an engineer, just not practicing. And then a nutritional microscopist. What do you look at in that microscope? <laughs> <laughs> do you Lots do you like things, do you, do you uh, I just um <laughs> when I do a nutritional consultation with people I'll take a drop of blood and we'll just look at it together under the scope and I have a big um monitor that they can see their cells and it's really educational for people to see what's going on and just like most people like a picture tells a thousand words so it's a psychological process that people go through and somehow it conveys more than anything I can do or say sometimes when they just see what's going on in their own body. So the blood is tells you a lot? Yeah, you can tell. Um, and it's always changing. It's not a diagnostic test at all. It's um, it's more of a just an idea about the alkalinity or acidity of their body and nutritional imbalances. You can get ideas about candida and uric acid and um, just if they're just out of balance huh 
So you're saying like yeast can actually end up in the bloodstream? You don't actually see it. There's indicators that show it. Um, you oh, can't okay. actually see the yeast itself. That's good. I wouldn't want yeast in my bloodstream. Yeah, that'd be dangerous. Uh, so uh, what got you guys started on this uh, this whole endeavor? Uh, the health problems that we had. We yeah. had I suffered from um, peptic ulcers, and I had a lot of other digestive issues, and uh, I was very much overweight and just feeling really terrible. Uh, I think I was in pain probably the first 17 years of my life, and no doctors could really tell me what was going on. So wow. I finally started to take control of my health because I was tired of being made fun of. My nickname was Bubble Butt because I had a huge rear end. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Man, really they're always bringing us down. <laughs> that got it started. So I started exercising, and I lost the weight, but I could tell that there were still imbalances in my body, so I just started reading everything I could get my hands on, and eventually went to college and got a degree in nutrition and that is when my health deteriorated the most when I was eating <laughs> what they were claiming was good for you which was lean cuts of meat and skim milk and mm. uh, my ulcers were just horrific I had terrible allergies and seasonal allergies pet allergies I couldn't be around animals so my senior year I participated in a study with the American Heart Association a very big study worldwide and one of my last lectures, the professor that was heading up the study said what they were going to recommend to the general public for heart-healthy fats was hydrogenated oils, trans fats. And really? In 1995, what? and I knew uh, at that very moment that I was not going to be a registered dietitian. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, now, I supposedly ulcers are connected with bacteria in Absolutely. some way. Um, I don't know if how recently they figured that out, but um, do you think that in changing your diet, you actually uh, brought in some more beneficial bacteria, and that's what helped clear exactly. it up? Exactly. Um, I met a woman at my local health food store after I graduated from college, and she said, you know, she asked me what my symptoms were, and I told her. And she's like, oh, you have um, no stomach acid, your pH is off, you're full of yeast, and your intestinal gut flora is completely out of whack. And I had no idea what she was talking about. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like quite an insult. <laughs> I let her um, guide me, and we just started with, I wasn't even a vegetarian at this point. We started with food combining and lots of probiotics, and then I eventually started to get into vegetable juicing and wheatgrass, and I went vegetarian and then eventually vegan, and it took me about two years to get over the, the gut problems, but getting the bacteria back on in balance was everything, and getting my hydrochloric acid strong reversed everything. So when you don't have enough acid in your stomach, then bacteria like H. pylori can start to grow and start to erode the uh, the lining of the stomach. Wow. And now you're raw vegan or are you just... We are, yep. Okay. That's, you're that's both eventually are. what it evolved into for me. I um, In 1999, I went down to the Ann Wigmore Center in Puerto Rico and I did a three-week cleanse and it just changed my life. And I just said, I, I need to be part of this. So I left a pretty lucrative job in Boston and went down and took a clerical job at the center, $5 an hour, um, <laughs> wow. just because I just wanted to be immersed in it. I wanted to learn everything I could, and one of the directors took me under her wing and um, taught me how to do colonics, and I just saw so many miracles, um, really the miracle of the human body and how it knows how to heal itself. I worked down there for about six and a half years, and I saw people getting out of wheelchairs with MS, and Wow. Reversing diabetes and cancer and uh, amazing things. And what what role does the colonics have in uh, in health? It, what I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. What role does do colonics 
play in, in health? Did you yeah, know? What, what's... Uh... Well, you know, a lot of the pioneers like Ann Wigmore and Dr. Norman Walker, Bernard Jensen, they all believe that disease starts in the colon, and I have to agree with them. Um, the colon's an absorptive organ, so if you're not eliminating regularly, and even if you are, um, a lot of the toxins can get reabsorbed into your bloodstream, and they always pinpoint your weak organs. So all, all of us as human beings, unique individuals, we're all born with a weakness. You know, some people it's their brain, some people it's the liver, some people it's their breast or their kidney. So keeping that gut clean and keeping the bacteria balanced is really, really the crux of your immune system. So as New Englanders, um, how do you, I know I eat a lot of raw foods, but I find it's a little harder to stick to it in the winter when it gets cold. I start craving um, more cooked things. How do you deal with that? You know, I, I was actually really concerned about that moving back to New England after living in the tropics for almost seven years. But I found that my circulation got a lot stronger eating live foods. So I, you know, I'll do some warm teas, but I, I don't, I don't find um, that I need cooked food to get through the winter. I, I find the juices and the salads, and um, you know, we do warm things up in the dehydrator. And, you know, most people don't really eat their food piping hot. They generally eat it warm or at room temperature. So there are ways to warm it up. Do you find um, that your diet shifts over do. the seasons? I'm sorry. We use a lot of warming spices like ginger and cayenne and fennel mm. that warm you from the inside. And do you, do you find that your diet, um, what you're eating, shifts over the seasons? Do you kind of naturally gravitate to different foods and different climate changes? Uh, definitely. You know, I love apples in the fall, and then as winter kicks in, I, I love all the different citrus that comes out, the clementines and um, the grapefruit. So I definitely I love summertime. I mean, that's probably my favorite when you can get great berries and peaches and all the nice fruits that grow around here, cherries. just just love them. And can you guys tell us about the programs that you're offering? Oh, sure. Um, we offer a lot of different cleanses here, and essentially we help people get off of processed foods. Our goal isn't necessarily for everybody to be raw or even vegan, although that's what, that's how we eat. But we just want people to feel better. And um, we're not really big into supplements either because we just want people to experience the power of good nutrition, just eating whole foods, natural foods. Um, but the new year is a time when most people, after the holidays, they want to do a cleanse. And um, so we're launching a, um, a special this January. Although, why wait till after the holidays? You can always um, start integrating some of this stuff into your celebrations. Um, but the cleanses we offer, there are seven and 14-day programs where we prepare all your meals. We teach you how to prepare all the food that we make for you. And you can either... Um, get a series of colonics and use the infrared sauna that we have and um, just participate in like daily coaching and just be empowered to learn how to be your own healer and not rely on anyone else. And ultimately we want people to be um, empowered and to feel like they're in charge of their own health and that it's their responsibility. And so those programs, they're ongoing. Um, and we also teach a lot of raw food classes at our cafe, and we offer a few of those every month. And um, and the list, the classes that we're offering are off growing, so as it gets more popular. 
Has the cafe been part of it since the beginning, or did that open after the center? It evolved out of the center. So when we opened, we were preparing. We have a commercial kitchen at our wellness center, and people were doing our cleanses. And then after they'd cleanse, they'd ask, can you make me lunch? Can you guys cater this party? Can So as more and more people cleansed, the kitchen got busier and busier, and we hired a chef. And then as that grew... Um, then the farmer's market started this year in Newburyport, and we participated in that. Um, and a space opened up in the tannery, and it felt like a good space to be. It's a community center. It's solar-powered. Um, David Hall does a lot for the community, and he's really into the environment, and he recycles. So they're doing so many initiatives there. And a little space opened up that was absolutely perfect for what we had in mind. So we decided to, to open the cafe, and it's been really well-received, and Everyone's um, supporting us, and it's been going great. Well, it looks really, I'm looking at the pictures on the website, it looks like a really beautiful space with a lot of nice light. And and then we have the pictures, is, is, are the pictures on the website that are, um, are those you guys on the beach? Oh, yeah, that's, that's us. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's on Plum Island. We wanted to feature Plum Island. Plum Island. Yeah. What is Plum Island? Um, it's right. It's it's part of the wildlife refuge. Um, it, it's partly in Newberry and in Newburyport, and um, it's a really important refuge on the on the east coast. And there's so many beautiful birds and wildlife there, and it's so special and it's so beautiful. And I feel so fortunate to be here. And we just wanted it's it's something that we love, so we just wanted it on our website. And it looks like you guys do yoga. A little when we have time, yes. <laughs> Not <laughs> as much as I'd like to, but yes. What's your uh, most popular item at the cafe? The enchilada. Oh, what's that made out of? Um, it's marinated vegetables, um, like summer veggies, red peppers, summer squash, um, some broccoli, a little bit of sweet Vidalia onion, and it's marinated and dehydrated with um, Mexican spices like chili and cumin. And then there's fresh salsa. Uh, pumpkin seed cilantro sauce, and then it's wrapped in a fla- organic flax corn tortilla that we dehydrate. We don't bake it or anything. Sounds pretty good. So there's some things on here I don't quite recognize. Uh, what's a far infrared sauna? Oh, the sauna is great. The sauna is um, it, it's it's different than a conventional sauna at the gym that heats you from the outside. You know, your skin gets really hot whereas the far infrared heats your body from the inside out, so it gets your cells to vibrate, and it's, it, it's very good for cleansing. It helps your lymphatic system drain. It's good for um, detoxing heavy metals out of the body. It's, it, it's just a wonderful adjunct to some of our healing um, cleanses that we offer here, uh, especially love it in the wintertime, too. It's just great for circulation, uh, and it just helps to balance the body. Everything that we try to do here is to help people balance their inner terrain. Um, uh, you know, we like to use the analogy of, of soil. You know, if, if your soil's off, the, if the pH of the soil is off, the plants aren't going to grow. Same with a fish tank. If the pH of the fish tank is off, the fish are going to die. So if you have a strong terrain inside your body, then your immune system's very strong, and you're not going to get sick anymore, colds or flus or allergies or things of that sort. So oh, one more thing about the sauna. You can stay in it. It's a lot lower temperature than the traditional 220-degree sauna. You can only sit in there for like five minutes, and then you're just cooked. 
um, with the far infrared, you can stay in there up to 60 minutes at a time. And um, you have a much more profound sweat than you would in a traditional sauna. And it's really great for people that have mobility problems. They can, because it helps to circulate the blood and it stimulates what it would feel like, you know, cardio exercise. It's like doing hot yoga. It's exactly. While you sit yep, still. Precisely. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's much better than those microwave saunas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, Let's heat you up a little too quick. <laughs> <laughs> I feel downright crispy. Sometimes you uh, <laughs> so if, so yeah, when someone comes there, do, do you give them a, a little bit of a diagnostic and sort of figure out uh, maybe from their skin tone and things like how their diet is? Or can, they, can you pretty much tell just from what they tell you? Yeah, from just looking at people, you can get an idea of their health and um, their like the brightness of their eyes and their skin tone. And generally, we start with a conversation and just see where people are at um, and what they've tried. And most people have tried everything, and this is the last resort. Mm-hmm. Or um, they've tried raw food and struggled and had a hard time transitioning. And some people want to go all raw. Other people have a diagnosis and they're they're wanting to do something alternative. Um, but it always starts with a conversation just to see where they're at and if we're a good fit. And then from there, we put together a program just for them. And we really try to individualize it because everybody's needs are different. Their lifestyles are different. And some people are really into cooking or uncooking. And other people have no patience for it. They just want to um, live their life and just get what they need. And they're just into blending. And so we really try to customize it and listen to what our clients need. Nice. That sounds great. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be out there soon. Oh, I'd <laughs> love to have you guys. I hope so. I almost Are you guys, do went you have there. the vegan bus? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we do. Oh, sweet. Cool. We would love to have it. You guys should come to the the farmers market is actually going on until um, December thirty first. Oh wow. Yeah, they have it. They um, the farmers are outside, like under the awning of the tannery, and then um, all the crafts and artisans they come inside and we have live music and it's so much fun oh sounds cool sounds nice i don't know if we can bring the bus out in december but maybe uh in the spring oh the spring spring you love the weather stays like this state park it's it's so beautiful here see some of the farms Mm. yeah well that would be really great i I love newburyport it's been way too long (laughs) 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 yeah i'm not sure if i've ever been there but uh, the pictures on the website are very enticing, I'll have to say. Oh, well, good. The website's working for me. <laughs> there you go. It's that Plum Island, I'm telling you. <laughs> Plum it's Island. The, it's the magic of Plum Island. It was so warm here today. People were... Oh, I was. I wish I had time to go to the beach, but a lot of people were out sunbathing today. <laughs> oh, my God. How far, oh, is your, how far are you from the beach? Probably ooh, mm. just a couple of miles. Not far at all. So it's a, a good little vacation. Ah, it's a great vacation spot. Mm-hmm. And what's your, do you say your website again? www.revitalive.com. Sorry, revitalize with a V. Yeah, right, exactly. Revitalive. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and we'll have that in our show notes at veganradio.com for anybody that's not good at spelling. <laughs> 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 or you just don't want to type it. <coughs> All right, well, uh, it's about time to wrap up here. Well, thanks very much for coming on our show, and uh, we'll look forward to meeting you sometime in the near future, I hope. 
Awesome. Great. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for having the show. It's so great. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to keep it going. All right. <laughs> yeah, keep it up. All right. All right. Take, Take care. care. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And there you have it. There you go. <laughs> Microscopy and hydro colon hydrotherapy <laughs> together. That's what I was going to ask if, if they, together again, if they did the microscopy of the, the colon hydrotherapy. Oh, it's a good thing you got cut off. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might reveal some of the yeast I, problems. I know. I think you sure. could find out a lot. Yep. No doubt. I think Tony would agree with me. You can find out a lot from fecal matter. He's it's always, true. He's always delving into the poo. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Although his show is not seeing brown radio. <laughs> it's seeing red radio. <laughs> so, yeah, up next is uh, Tony with Seeing Red Radio. And uh, you get your dose of communist socialism. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Obama's mouthpiece right here. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What am I looking for here? Of course I can. <laughs> he's he's taking Obama for? down. Derek's delirious at this point. He's part right. of the reason he's only got a Where's 50% I? approval rating right now. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Tell you so off the air. You're listening to WXOJLP, Northampton 103.3 FM, Valley Free Radio. The show is Vegan Radio, and uh, we've enjoyed spending this time with you. Yep been quite enjoyable (laughs) (laughs) and uh, check us out at veganradio.com for links to everything we talked about listen to our old shows yep and uh, become part of the cult following (laughs) that's right we'll have that posted there you can listen to it all day Uh, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks that's right up next Tony Hudel Listen to the end of the song to hear Megan. Radio. Vegan radio. Vegan radio.